Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Early voting begins in Marion County. I think in other places as well. We're just a month away from the election of a new mayor in Indianapolis. Of course, I'm paying attention to that Carmel mayor's race. Tony Katz at 93 WIBC. Good morning. They early vote, you early vote. They ballot harvest, you ballot harvest. They ballot cure, you ballot cure. Don't let anybody take anything from you. Be proactive. That's that's my advice, and I think it's pretty sound advice. We'll be watching two major stories today. Of course, day five of war in Israel, when Hamas attacked Israel, murdering a thousand people, beheading children, setting them on fire. We'll be watching the Democrats try and figure out how to square the circle On their party, not only elected officials, but all those college students out there desperate to hold rallies showing their support for Hamas. It's an occupier. It's colonialism. You sound ridiculous. You support barbarism and you have no code. And college campuses are going to have to ask themselves, my gosh, what have we just allowed into our school? What do you mean? You, you've you been put installing professors and others who've been training uh, the, these kids for, for a generation. This is what you pump out. This is what you pump out of your law schools. This is what you pump out of your medical schools. The presidents of IU and Purdue and Ball State, Butler, the rest, they should be taking a serious look in the mirror. Is this what we're putting into America? This is the future? There's no future here. This is the future. Uh, Unless, of course, you're cool with it. The head of the the NYU uh, student student law or NYU law school, uh, was it student organization? Uh, She uh, expressed her support for for Hamas and uh, a law firm rescinded her job offer. Maybe the question should be why did they make it in the first place? But better late than never. And, of course, they are electing a speaker today. How is that going to go? That, of course, is the question. It's Jim Jordan. It's Steve Scalise. Is Kevin McCarthy back in the picture? These are the questions. Logan Raddick, uh, the congressional reporter for Newsmax, will be joining us next, scheduled to join us. How is that speaker vote going to play out? Are they going to drag it out? And how has the attack on Israel changed things in Congress going forward, not only for those on the Hill, but for the guy at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. That story coming up. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. The vote for speaker is happening today. And in any other world, this would be the top story 
around the globe. Tony Katz, good to be with you. But in the backdrop of Hamas's attack on Israel and the beheading of children, lighting children on fire and burning them alive, murdering 260 people at a music festival, a thousand Israelis dead. Very, very comparable conversations to a Pearl Harbor or 9-11. It changes everything. It might change the speed of the vote, and it might be changing the complexion uh, or, or rather the responsiveness of Congress and what it is they value. It might be fracturing parties. Logan Raddick joins us right now. He is the national correspondent for Newsmax, Newsmax uh, TV. Uh, and uh, Logan, you, you're, you're following, of course, uh, the speaker vote. You're following, of course, what's going on in Israel and congressional response. Uh, your take on whether the uh, attack from Hamas in Israel has changed how quickly the speaker vote is going to go. Well, Tony, good morning. I, I think that it definitely will have an impact on it, but it's not just because one of uh, the U.S.'s top allies was brutally attacked by this terrorist group. There are a couple of factors at play that make this a little bit different from other terrorist attacks you've seen in Israel. I mean, number one, at least 14 dead Americans. You have countless Americans being held hostage right now. I talked to some high-ranking members of Congress. They don't know how many hostages we currently have. There are also 17 countries, at least, that have had people kidnapped or killed. Um, So there is going to be a somewhat of a response from the free world. We'll see it at some point. Uh, But Congress is definitely racing to have a new speaker because of the situation. It's really come down to Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan. Uh, They had the meet the candidate forum last night. We're expecting the vote on the speaker today. So um, I I think that they were going to try to make this a quick process regardless, because even before this attack in Israel, you see what's going on with the border uh, and you see what is really just happening all over the country with so many key issues. So I think they're going to come to a a speaker decision by the end of the week. And from what I'm hearing, it seems like Jim Jordan might have a bit of the upper hand over Steve Scalise. Now, you just said end of the week. It was Representative Kat Kamek of Florida who said in in, in any other situation outside of the attack on Israel, uh, it would take 30 days to figure out who the speaker is. You are are getting the sense from the House, uh, from your sources, that even with just two candidates, this might take multiple votes? It could take multiple votes, and it really depends on how many people do not want to support one candidate or the other. Uh, There are some people who were talking about having McCarthy put his hat back in the ring. Obviously, McCarthy has said he does not want to run for speaker again. They might be more inclined for Steve Scalise. Uh, But you have people like Ralph Norman uh, from South Carolina. He likes both of the candidates, Scalise and Jordan. He's worried about Steve Scalise's health at the moment. Steve Scalise is currently battling blood cancer. So that is another factor That is currently at play here. Obviously, President Trump has endorsed Jim Jordan. Uh, So, again, I believe Jim Jordan has the upper hand. But if Steve Scalise is to be the guy who is uh, put up by the Republicans to be the speaker and become speaker, uh, Dan Muser, he's a Republican from Pennsylvania. He's talked about having Jim Jordan take Scalise's role as majority leader. So, again, uh, no matter what happens with this, Scalise and Jordan are going to be the top two Republicans in Congress. Um, But again, it does look like Jordan has the upper hand for a number of reasons, 
the Trump endorsement being one, and then the fact that Scalise is battling cancer. There are people who do support Scalise, but they're worried about his health and handling that really, really difficult role as Speaker of the House. Talking to Logan Raddick of Newsmax, you can follow him uh, on uh, social media, on the Twitter X at Logan underscore Raddick, R-A-T-I-C-K. Let's bring in the Matt Gates conversation. Of course, it was the Gang of Eight uh, that worked with Democrats to remove uh, then-Speaker McCarthy. Some rumors that McCarthy saying, look, if I, can, if I can help the party, I'd be Speaker again. Where is Gates, Mace, and company on the Scalise versus Jordan battle? Well, it looks like that group is leaning more towards Jim Jordan. But what Matt Gates has said in particular, again, he's the one who triggered the motion to vacate for Speaker McCarthy. He said that he will support Scalise or Jordan. But the thing that Gates says he wants is single subject spending bills. So instead of putting a lot of things into an omnibus and voting on it and not really knowing what you're voting on, Gates says he wants single subject spending bills so that members um, are taking up one vote at a time and really having an opportunity to see what they're voting for. Again, um, you know, we'll see how this all plays out, but it, it looks like Gates is open to either uh, Scalise or Jordan as speaker. Um, so I don't think we're going to see the type of uh, animosity that McCarthy had. I think a lot of people just never wanted McCarthy to begin with. Uh, and Jordan and Scalise, um, I think this will go quickly. It might take a couple of votes. Um, but there's not going to be people stomping their feet like they did with McCarthy. The situation in Israel, the Hamas attack, the terrorist organization, a thousand people dead. You heard the strong statements from Joe Biden yesterday. You heard the strong statement from uh, the White House press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, that people who are trying to equivocate or, or, or blame Israel are wrong. It's, it's disgusting. And then you have Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib. And you have uh, the video uh, on your uh, Twitter X feed of her running away from questioning from a Fox News reporter uh, regarding beheaded babies and babies burned alive. Uh, you have Congresswoman uh, uh, Ilhan Omar uh, saying that Israel is guilty of war crimes for responding. You have Representative Ocasio-Cortez uh, saying uh, that there is this apartheid system in, in Israel. Congressman Andre Carson uh, in my beloved Indianapolis who will not condemn Hamas. There seems to be a very, very big chasm in the Democratic Party between those who want to state clearly uh, that Hamas is a terrorist organization and those who will not engage in any kind of blame of Hamas whatsoever and only push the anti-Israel screeds. How does the party square the circle on this? Well, the party has to start addressing uh, the rot that has come from within when it comes to a member like Rashida Tlaib not being able to even just condemn the, the decapitation of babies, the rape of innocent women, the slaughter of teenagers at a music festival, not just Israelis, but people from all over the world. And you've seen a lot of Democrats, I mean, Massachusetts in particular, multiple congressional Democrats condemning these student groups at Harvard that essentially went pro-jihad over the last couple of days. But these Democratic members of Congress have not spoke out as forcefully against Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, who thinks peace can be made with Hamas. I mean, until there's a different, until there's a leader who wants peace, 
there's not going to be peace between these two sides. Anyone who's been following this for over 70 years understands that. But you have not seen forceful condemnation of those members from Hakeem Jeffries. You haven't really heard it from Chuck Schumer. And I think a lot of these Democrats are starting to wake up to how radical the so-called progressive movement has become. But the thing is, like you saw at the White House yesterday, Corrine Jean-Pierre called them out, but she couldn't call them out by name. So that's the issue the Democratic Party is dealing with. Um, Republicans in the past, Steve King, I mean, if he made an anti-Semitic comment, they condemned him. You know, they, they would vote to remove him from committees. But the Democratic Party has nothing to say about the members that are taking the side of Hamas. As, as a matter of just looking at the crystal ball, while I still got a minute with you, Logan Raddick of Newsmax. Is there a conversation going on on the Hill about how this divide might affect Joe Biden in this 2024 presidential run? Well, it's a complicated situation because a lot of these Democrats are saying he made a great statement yesterday saying he was in support of Israel. And, yeah, there's a lot of great comments that the president made. Uh, But the problem that the Democrats have right now is that their voters are waking up to the fact that the Obama administration and the Biden administration have either given or unfrozen billions of dollars to the Iranian regime, which funds and trains these Hamas terrorists. And the problem that the Democratic Party is going to be dealing with, and there's a lot of liberals who are waking up, especially a lot of liberal Jews I've seen that are appalled and realize that this is support from the party that they're voting for. Um, Until they address the elephant in the room, that Iran is pulling the strings here and that U.S. Um, unfreezing of assets for Iran has has helped them fund terrorism all over the world. Uh, that's going to be an issue for the Democrats. And, you know, you've heard some Democratic sources here in Washington, D.C. saying, oh, you know, the foreign policy issues like Afghanistan, what we're seeing now, that'll pale in comparison in 2024 when people go to the ballot box to issues like abortion And from what we've been seeing online the last few days, that might not be the case. So I think that the Democratic Party is going to have to square up what is going on with Iran. You can't say you stand with Israel when you're giving aid and comfort to the biggest enemies of Israel. And you also have the situation with Qatar. Um, I haven't heard any Republicans or Democrats kind of, you know, come up with an answer for how to handle that situation, because the U.S. is... It, not really in a position to condemn Qatar because we have an Air Force base there, yet Qatar is harboring the leaders of Hamas. So there's a lot of complications. And again, if the Democratic Party doesn't really address what's going on, they're going to be losing potentially voters who are absolutely appalled by the situation. And I'll add again, 14 dead Americans at least, more American hostages. This isn't necessarily about Israel. This is There are so many people from all over the world who have been butchered or being held hostage by Hamas, and it's something that we have not seen. I mean, this is is a modern-day Iranian hostage crisis, and it's being perpetrated by an Iranian proxy. Logan Raddick of Newsmax, I appreciate you taking the time. How bad is it? Don't sugarcoat it. Give it to me straight. 
Want coffee? I think I need some coffee. Time to fill up on the news. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Dow futures up 81. NASDAQ futures up 54. Oh, holy crap. Producer price index, which is the cost for finished goods that producers pay, up 0.5% against the estimate of 03 Final demand prices rose 0.7 in August, 0.6 in July. This is... This is... I I got a, a text from a friend of mine in New York who listens to the show. He takes a bus in from Jersey. And um, he he listens to the show while he's on the bus. And I, I, I appreciate it. A kid I, I grew up with. Um, we were in a youth group together called United Synagogue Youth, USY, which is actually uh, starting a chapter again here in Indianapolis, which I'm thrilled about. Um, it, uh, some of the greatest friendships of my life come from that, from that group. You know, some people had high school, some people had another organization, maybe a church thing, maybe a synagogue thing, maybe a sports thing. This, this was, this was mine and, um, still near and dear to me and, and listens as, as, uh, he takes the bus and he, he, he sends me a text and he goes, I know it's your job, but to the average person listening can wear on your soul pretty quickly. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I I get it. And it, it, it was just, you know, it's a week like this. Not every not every day is is like this week. You you've got this war. You've you've got this situation. You're learning about it. it it's horror. And I was discussing this with my kids last night that if if you are a, a Gen Z and 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 that that whole world and and maybe some tail in the millennial. You know, being a Gen Xer, we grew up with weird things we we grew up with all the peace man we grew up with all of the isn't this just cool as hell every day something new we grew up with max headroom <laughs> it was atari to ColecoVision, which is the greatest jump in the history of mankind that's the 500 year leap right there into video game consoles And then we, in terms of collective things, uh, the Challenger explosion. We, um, we didn't even pay attention to the bombing of the World Trade Center and the USS Cole in the, in the 90s. It was September 11th as the galvanizing force. COVID, Ukraine, and now an attack on Israel by Hamas that threatens so we have clarity to end the country depending on how these next days go, including the possibility of dragging the United States into a war because Hamas has American hostages. That is an interesting backdrop. We should take note of that. We should recognize that. And I am am constantly reminded um, of this... Hard times makes hard people. It, it's this. It's this idea. Uh, it, it's it's this circle 
that hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. There is a theory which is at least worthy of a discussion in your own head that when you have it too good for too long, eventually people forget how good it is. And therefore they allow the elements that were pushed out to create the good times to seep back in. And maybe that is in a tremendous amount of ways, whether it be culturally or whether it be uh, militarily in terms of war, it's where we're at. That the world keeps spinning and the cycles are cycles for a reason. You would think that there should be some moment where we say, wait a second, why don't we just remember? And therefore it won't happen again, but that doesn't, isn't the way it works. Let me give you an example of something and allow me to be rather harsh on the subject. Jews are fond of saying never again regarding the Holocaust. Never again. We're never going to have that again. We're never going to forget. We will never go through that again. And a thousand Jews just got murdered in Israel. Maybe they weren't all Jewish. How about 85% of them? Maybe 92%. We'll just call it a thousand Jews murdered in Israel. And they're on social media, they're, they're posting never again is now. My brother, the good Dr. Katz, pointed that out to me yesterday. Are you seeing this? This never again is now. With all due respect to the Jewish community, if never again is now, buy a gun and buy ammo. If never again is now, now is the time to buy a gun and buy ammo. How else will you stop the never again? Do you see the 360,000 reservists in Israel who have signed up, ready to go? Do you see the offensive and the airstrikes that they're putting together? Do you realize what the ground offensive is going to mean? Don't you be writing never again is now unless now is your time to buy a gun and buy ammo. Now, you say to me, man, conversations like that can wear on the soul. Maybe. But failing to have them means that the soul disappears. This generation, this younger generation has seen a lot of insanity. It's worth noting. It's also worth noting that they have to, be, have to know that they can get through it. There is this author who had written, and I forget the name of the book, that people, you know, it was, it was a kind of fictionalized book, but people love their traumas and they love to talk about their traumas. And she, she asked the question, how do you get over your trauma when it's the most interesting thing about you? You never get over it. You never get past it because you make it your identity. What we need to do is be instructing this generation that these things are rough, but they are stronger. These things are tough and they are tougher. They are more capable. And while these times are hard, it can make you strong. And if you are strong, things can be good. So much of what we're seeing, yes, is hard. I hear you, my dear friend from Jersey. 
But it is also the reminder that this is the moment for us to do our job as parents, as adults. It is for us to show them that it's not the end but the beginning. That they can weather this storm, they can weather any storm with values and philosophy and an attitude and moral clarity, which we instill in them. Yes, it's, it's rough times. What we do at those rough times will decide whether we create strong men and women or the end. I choose the former. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so this has to do with uh, uh, a set of... Uh, Describe what the proposal is, where it is, and where it is in the process. So I, I don't want to say anything off the cuff, but I respect where you're coming from. 80,000 comments have been submitted. If it sounds like a mess, that's what it was. Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg chased off the stage climate protesters screaming stop petro pete demanding that he answer questions he walks off with his security go quick stop petro pete stop spot and go quick stop petro pete stop spot and go quick stop petro pete think about why he said he cannot speak off the cuff on climate please we're ready to we're happy to have a conversation with Secretary Pete. The kids uh, screaming end fossil fuels are just wrong. And this is another example of a failure to raise children properly, to engage them with facts, and most importantly, uh, to hold education responsible. This is failure. Tony Katz at 93 WIBC. Good morning. One needs oil and gas. Your green dreams can't power anything. And you can't get poor nations to stay poor because some rich kid in New York or Indiana or anywhere else has some fantasy about a better world. You can't keep poor nations poor by telling them they can't have access to electricity. They'll tell you to go to hell. And they're right. And these wimp Loser activists are wrong. Now, if you you say to me, um, uh, can we uh, also do this while, you know, not burning tires in the middle of the road, as I often say? Yeah, sure. I think we can do that. Uh, So I will have the update on the speaker's race. We'll actually be carrying that throughout uh, the the midday show. Tony Katz today from noon to three of updates on what's going on with Israel. Uh, These uh, producer price index numbers Uh, Not making me happy. This economy, not in a great spot. And then, of course, we'll continue the conversation about those Democrats who are not within the mainstream of their party, as decided by President Biden when he said that America supports Israel and Hamas as a terrorist organization. 
people like Rashida Tlaib, people like Ilhan Omar, people like Ocasio-Cortez, who at least did condemn Hamas because Israel and an apartheid state, and Congressman Andre Carson, not within the mainstream of their party, and all of whom need to be replaced in Congress. Indianapolis needs to do the work now. I will do all of that at noon.